1: as calvin coolidge once said the business of america is business and the business of an educational institution such as ours is to create young minds that understand that the business of america is the kind of business that it actually is so whatever it is that i have said here today the point is that we are here to honor our most generous benefactor and newest freshman the man who's made it possible for us to break ground here today, Mr. Thornton Mellon. Dean Martin, great speech, great speech. There's nothing like good, clean business, huh? Eh? And a little monkey business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Philip, I'm so glad you could make it. Mr. Mellon, I'd like for you to meet Dr. Philip Barbé, who's the dean of our school of business. David, I just want to get it on record that I am totally against this. I don't think that selling admission to an obviously unqualified student is very ethical or honorable. All right, Phil, um, but I'd just like to say, in all fairness to Mr. Mellon here, it was a really big check.
2: this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event no we're not gonna let it bother us tonight we see everything that's going on and i'm just trying to decompress watching everything for the last 11 years on this radio station and watching everything you know it's been a it's been 57 years of seeing every kind of every kind of political every kind of common sense and lack of common sense thing go on in this country and in this world and uh you know i'm I'm just, I'm watching the college thing. I'm watching everything that we're going to talk about today. And I'm just, you know what? I I was listening to to some of my tunes and I heard this song by Atlanta Rhythm Section. I said, you know what? I'm going to use that one on the radio because I'm not going to let it bother me tonight. But I'm not going to close my eyes, bury my head in the sand and not be aware of it. Because there will be another election day coming up in November of 2020. We have to be aware of what's going on. And uh, for those of you that don't pay attention, you have the main event to listen to. So I can clear you up on what's happening. So before I go into what's happening, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, lending all over the country. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities out there, rates are good, prices are soft right now. If you're looking to buy a house, it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to buy because it's kind of a buyer's market right now because there's just not that many people going after it full blast. And uh, so if you're interested in getting involved in any of those, you need financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020. One last time, day or night toll free area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020. If you want to talk to if you want to get some information from me, but you don't want to talk to me because you don't want to do anything out loud because you're at work and you're stealing time from your boss or you don't want your neighbor to hear your, your, what's going on and say it out loud, go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on looking for a loan. Click on apply now. Put as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Randy Johnson, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you hear part of the show you want repeated, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net, e d h o f f m a n dot net. Uh Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, download it on demand or you can actually subscribe for free, have it download automatic once a week to uh, whatever device you listen to podcasts on. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman where I tweet about current events all week long. Uh, the Facebook page for the show is facebook.com slash the main event. And if you want to leave me some comments, good or bad, on the show, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. 855 So let's talk about what's going on. You know I'm not going to get to the college thing that, that, that scene from back to school was about, but I got, I got more of those. I got more of those coming when we get to the last uh, subject of, uh, of the shows. But so, so stay with me. We're going to have some fun. So, uh, Socialism is all the rage again, thanks to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC. This week, some of the Democrat 2020 candidates amped up their socialist rhetoric to keep up with the AOC takeover of their party. But first, let's take a trip down AOC's crazy corner. Uh, At the House Financial Services Committee hearing on Tuesday, AOC hijacked another moment and once again turned herself into the center of attention. This time, she focused on the ludicrous By scolding Wells Fargo for doing its job, lending money. During a uh, four-hour grilling of Wells Fargo CEO Tim Sloan, AOC slammed Wells Fargo for lending to private prisons involving in immigration detention work.
3: Why was the bank involved in the caging of children and financing the caging of children to begin with?
2: Uh, I I don't
4: know how to answer that question because we weren't.
2: Yeah, it's a... Hey, can you give me the exact date? That you stopped beating your wife, I don't know. There's just no. There's just you know. Let's let's ask some stupid questions. Um, and you know if you if you look at it, you know, hey, you know, Wells Fargo finance put it some finance to some companies that built prisons. So how are you involved in caging of children? I don't know. Let's go on another Wells Fargo lending decision. AOC was offended by. Financing the Dakota Access Pipeline, according to AOC, the bank should be held responsible for any environmental damage that arises.
3: Since Wells Fargo financed the building of this pipeline in an and an in an environmentally unstable way, uh, why shouldn't the bank be held responsible for financing the cleanup of the of the disasters from these projects?
4: Uh, Which pipeline are you referring to?
3: Um, Either, you know.
4: So we, we were not involved in the financing of the X, of the XL pipeline. We were one of the 17 or 19 banks that was involved in the financing of the Dakota Access Pipeline.
2: Yeah, so, okay, whichever one, whichever one it is, uh, we're just talking about pipelines and we're just talking about, you know, the cameras are on me and I'm sitting in front of a microphone. Uh, so uh, AOC continues to embarrass herself.
3: So let's focus on the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, should Wells Fargo be held responsible for the damages incurred by climate change due to the financing of fossil fuels and, and these projects?
4: I, I don't know how you'd calculate that, Congresswoman. Um,
3: say from spills or when we have to reinvest in infrastructure, building seawalls from, uh, um, from the erosion of infrastructure or cleanups, wildfires, etc.?
4: Related to that pipeline, I'm not aware that there's been any of what you described that's mm-hmm. occurred.
2: Yeah, let's see. Uh, should she, Should Wells Fargo be, be responsible for damage caused by climate change because they financed the pipeline in an environmentally friendly way? Spills, infrastructure, the infrastructure has to be rebuilt because of spills, New seawalls because the oceans are rising, a wildfires, uh earthquakes, alien attacks, amazing, you know what um, I don't know, I don't know this is just this is this is just this is just amazing to me where you come up with this logic, where you come up with this logic. Do you think that Wells Fargo should be responsible for every car accident that occurs in a car that they financed? It continues.
3: How about um, the cleanups from the leaks of the Dakota Access Pipeline?
4: I'm, I'm not aware of the, del- the leaks associated with the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, that you're describing.
3: So hypothetically, if there was a leak mm-hmm. from the Dakota Access Pipeline, mm-hmm. uh, why shouldn't Wells Fargo pay for the cleanup of it if, since it paid for the construction of the pipeline itself?
2: Because we don't operate the pipeline. So since, since I paid for the raising of my kids since i paid to feed them and put diapers on them when they're babies and uh send them to school with school lunches if they happen to uh get in a car accident with somebody and and damage their car am i responsible because i financed the the raising of that kid uh I don't know. I don't know. You know what and this is this is amazing that some people on and over the years in the mortgage industry I look at people on their on their credit report and I say, "Okay, so you've got this loan on your thing that on your uh, credit report that was a charge off for a for a car that was a repo. What happened? You was know, have you paid this or well, you know, it was a lemon." Okay but you realize that the mortgage the the bank that financed your car has nothing to do with your car. You went to the dealership and you said I want to buy this car and so you bought it and you asked the bank to give you the money to finance it. They took title to it. They kept the title as collateral, but you bought the car from the car company. The bank had nothing to do with building that car. So if you have a lemon, if you have if you had a lemon, and you gave the car back, that doesn't mean your your debt went away because they didn't pick the car, you picked it. And you know what? Considering that AOC has a bachelor's from Boston University in economics and internal re- in international relations, it just goes to show, you know, what's the value of a college degree today? It doesn't give you any any uh, any logical logical thinking or common sense. Um, so anyway, I'm just, I'm just touching base. We'll, we'll go on all this stuff all day long. So let's, let's continue. Not to be outdone by, by her 29-year-old freshman congressman, Democrat Senator, and 2020 presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren went into full-blown socialist mode this week by going after big tech. Warren, Warren announced a, a proposal that would force Facebook to, into spinning off other social media networks they own, like WhatsApp and Instagram, into separate independent companies. Why? I don't know what the uh, point of that is. Um, And I know WhatsApp is an app so you can actually get calls or texts when you're in other countries. Uh, Separate Google search from the rest of Google. Why? Why? I mean, I thought that's what Google was, a search engine. I know they have a bunch of the other stuff, but what's the difference? Split Amazon's third party marketplace from its division of in-house retail brands. So, you know, you go on Amazon and you say, uh, looking for this and then you have these are outside third party retailers and you can buy them from what that they have in-house and you pick who you buy from. Um, I'm not sure what the point of that is. Force Apple to separate from its own app store. Never mind that the App Store is the method by which Apple keeps the iPhone secure. The App Store is where you buy apps to use on your iPhone. Why do we need to separate it? So Google can sell apps for the iPhone? Hmm. I think it's just cooler. I have an iPhone. I'm just, I think it's cooler that you go on the app store and it only shows apps that work on an iPhone. Uh, and then they, and the last thing is roll back many of the major tech acquisitions of the past decade. In a, in a blog post titled, here's how we can break up big tech, Warren, Warren wrote, we need to stop this generation of big tech companies from throwing around their political power to shape, it, shape the rules in their favor and throwing around their economic power to snuff out or buy up every potential competitor. She sure sounds like she knows what she's talking about.
0: What I'm saying is we've got to break these guys apart. You want to run a platform? That's fine. You don't get to run a whole bunch of the businesses as well. You want to run a business? That's fine. You don't get to run the platform. Who is the federal government to tell these companies that have to do that? Uh, there's antitrust law. It's been around for more than 100 years. And the federal government has done this many times.
2: You know what? I'm torn. I'm torn by the logic here. I'm torn. And I'll tell you my my logic so you can think for yourself and tell me what you think. So... These guys come out with this with this uh, technology. So Zuckerberg creates Facebook. And if you've seen the movie The Social, Social Network, you'll see, hey, you know what? He knew how to put this together. He generated it and did all this stuff, and everybody wanted to say, hey, it was my idea. Yeah, there's a difference between having an idea and actually making it happen and actually writing the, writing the code for it. I give him credit for that. So is there a point at which we say you're not allowed to get too successful? I think I think the free market should uh should dictate that and I don't really think that's that's a good thing to say people can't be too successful. On the other hand, can they control the media? I, I think you know at some point People invent this stuff and their patent expires, and then everybody jumps on and says, "Hey, look what Apple did! They created this thing where you stick your fingers on the on the screen and you spread them, and it makes the, the and it zooms in on the picture. And you sl- and you swipe right and you swipe left, swipe left, and you do all this stuff. And now the other companies have it because apparently their patent ran out at some point, so everybody else could jump on it and they take it to the next level. And it makes me think of and it, and and the danger of that makes me think about this scene from the original Jurassic Park. Don't you see the danger, uh,
0: John, inherent uh, in what you're doing here? Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could. And before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox. And now you're selling it. You want to sell it.
2: Well, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. So think about this. Think about this. So Google, Microsoft, Facebook, all these companies created this technology. They went on with it. Warren wants to break it up. So then they're going to say hey, you know, you can't you can't be a monopoly here, so they break it up. Some of these other guys come in that didn't attain didn't have the discipline to attain this inform- attain this uh technology. They just jumped on the shoulders of of the other guys that created it and they weren't part of that team and I, and I don't have any I don't have any illusion that that Bill Gates created everything that Microsoft has or that Mark Zuckerberg created everything about Facebook. He came up with an idea, first concept, the first step, and then he brought people in that they had a a group of people that developed this. And it was just like Steve Jobs. He had an idea and you had uh, Steve Wozniak and all this team of people that, that, hey, what if we did this? Well, hey, how about this? How about this? It's a combination of a lot of people that do that. So now you open it up because you force it to be broken up and you got some other guys that come in here and stand on what they did and take it to the next step. What happens when it doesn't work? Or there's there's little little gotchas in it, doesn't work. Now you're going to sue those companies because of whatever damage it took. Hey, you know what? Uh, I created this other iPhone and I went on my online at my bank and the bank account uh, got hacked because I didn't have the same kind of security in it. Now we're going to hold who's going to be responsible for that. Because you're so worried about who has a monopoly, you're not worried about the quality. You just want to make sure nobody gets too rich or has too much power. I'm kind of torn by this, but the, the but the moral of the story is you need to think about it and say what's what you know what makes sense to you. Don't don't listen because Elizabeth Warren said it, and don't say it because CNN said it, and don't don't believe it because I said it. You should be thinking about this stuff because I listen to all the sides and I think I go, hmm, does this make sense? So anyway, I'm just planting some seeds for your uh, for your brains to be uh, processing over the weekend so you can uh, wake up Monday completely confused and say, uh, forget it, I'm going to work. Uh, so anyway, there's nothing, there's nothing like getting in the race at the 11th hour. Here's some more stuff that will make you scratch your head. Especially when you don't have another job to do, Beto O'Rourke is the 15th Democrat to announce he's running for president 2020. Despite being unemployed for the past two months, as you will recall, O'Rourke decided not to run for his congressional seat in 2018. So he'd been in Congress for three terms, six years in Texas. So he decided not to run for it so he could, uh, run and lose against Ted Cruz in the Senate race. Somebody convinced him that, uh, Ted Cruz was not popular enough to win, and Ted Cruz is probably one of the smartest guys we have in the Senate. Um, that I think, um, I don't, I, I didn't support him for president, but I do like Ted Cruz and think he's a smart guy. Um, the Democrat from El Paso, whose real name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, which uh, he uses his name Beto to sound Latino when he's actually half Irish. O'Rourke sounds Irish to me, but I guess the, living in southern Texas, uh, there's an advantage to being Latino. I don't know. So uh, he went to Iowa this week to announce his, to make his announcement. And what, did, and what do working class people in Iowa care about? Well, if you ask Beto, uh, the answer is immigrants from fictional underwater lands affected by global warming.
5: There is going to be massive migration of tens or hundreds of millions of people from countries that are literally uninhabitable or underwater that are above the sea right now. This is our final chance. The scientists are absolutely unanimous on this, that we have no more than 12 years to take incredibly
2: bold action on this crisis. What? Hold on. I gotta play that again. Listen to this really careful. And then we're all gonna, then we're all gonna respond together when it's over. There is gonna be massive migration of tens or hundreds
5: of millions of people from countries that are literally uninhabitable or underwater that are above the sea right now. This is our final chance. The scientists are absolutely unanimous on this, that we have no more than 12 years to take
2: incredibly bold action on this crisis. All together now. What? I don't know what. What did he just say? This guy wants to be president, <sighs> but he is good looking. Got to hand it to him, he's good looking. You ladies, you know, for I'm really, I really gonna, it's really gonna be a disadvantage for for you ladies that vote that don't have that are deaf, you know, that because you can't hear what he says. So you just look at him and say, hey, he's good looking. Let's vote for him. But then then you're gonna get closed caption. You're gonna go what? So anyway. Let's continue. So unlike many of her less seasoned colleagues, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been playing down the talk of impeaching the president for months. And much to their disappointment, she confirmed this week that she has no intention of pursuing the removal of Trump from office. Pelosi told the Washington Post magazine, I'm not for impeachment. This is news. I'm going to give you some news right now because I haven't said this to to any press before. But since you've asked, I've been thinking about this. Impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. As you can imagine, all the kids in Congress like AOC and Rashida Tlaib expressed disappointment that mommy wasn't going to give them their gift of impeachment. They were joined by one outspoken older member, Al Green of Texas.
3: It's important that there's a transparent process. Um, no one, not even the president, should be um, above the law. I know a lot of members in the caucus have a different opinion, uh, but that's why we caucus. Do you
5: have a different opinion?
3: I, I, I happen to,
5: yeah. Each member of the House has a prerogative to bring impeachment to a vote. I intend to bring impeachment to a vote.
2: Yeah, uh, you can bring any anything you want to a vote. You can file for whatever you want. You can you can file to sue me for you know a hundred million dollars because you don't like my radio show. But doesn't mean you're going to get anything. But you're going to pay the court fees to calm calm down these Democrats and their low info info electorate. Our favorite California Congressman Adam Schiff told everyone, "Don't panic." He knows other ways of removing Trump from office as long as they can somehow prove that he's a Russian secret agent.
0: If there's insufficient evidence uh, in the Mueller report uh, and we're not able to produce sufficient evidence in our own investigation, that ends the inquiry. There may be grounds for removal from office or there may be grounds for indictment after he leaves office that the Congress discovers. Uh, One of the issues that we're looking at, which the Mueller report may not cover, Mm -hmm. is whether the Russians were laundering money through the Trump organization. Uh, Our predominant concern in my committee is, was this president, is this president compromised by foreign power?
2: Well, is he compromised by foreign power? Isn't that what being the president is? He's compromised by foreign power. He wants to do this for the country. But if he does it, foreign powers may react. You know, we want to get rid of you know, It would sure save us a ton of money to get rid of our military. Hey, let's just retire all the military guys, and let's uh, get rid of our nukes, and let's get rid of all that stuff, and sell off our, boat, our ships and tanks and all that stuff, because that would sure make sense, except for that would make us compromise, because other people that don't like us might attack us. I sure would like to lower everybody in my company's pay. But then I'm compromised by the fact that they might quit. I sure would like to sell my house for two million dollars, but I'm compromised by the fact that maybe no one will buy it at two million dollars because it's not worth two million dollars. I don't know. Maybe you guys, uh, maybe you guys get lulled to sleep by this stuff. You guys in Burbank, because you keep re-electing this Adam Schiff guy, and uh, you know what? And, and all this stuff. You know what? Don't we pay them to do something for the country? To represent our districts, don't you think there should be some common sense? There should be some some uh, productivity. You know what's wrong with this country? There's not enough focus on being productive and doing something that's valuable, and uh, you know, paying attention to to what's going on in this country. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, we're gonna break for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. And uh, I'm going to come back with, uh, with the rest of crazy stuff that's going on in this country. So don't go away. Stay right where you're at. I'll be right back. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on this show because uh, after 11 and a half years, I figured out that uh, you guys think it's boring if you're not in the market. But if you are in the market, who do you go to? You want to call someone that you trust. And if, uh, you, hear, uh, if you hear somebody that thinks like you on the other end of this uh, radio, um, then I'm your guy. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855 640 2020 you know what uh i've been doing this for uh almost 30 years now i'm in i'm in year 30 uh i'm good at this stuff you know if you're uh if you're thinking about refinancing your house does it make sense are you thinking about buying a new house uh what kind of offer should you write how should you structure your deal you know what uh if it's not just as easy as hey this is what they want this this is the price it's all everything's negotiable it's the art of the deal. If you want someone that can give you some financial some financial guidance, call me, 855-640-2020. Hey, one last time also, uh, for those of you seniors, the hot new ticket is the reverse mortgages. Hot new. It's not really hot new. It's really not new, but it is hot right now because everyone's talking about it. And uh, some of us, some of us, some of you guys, some of you guys have uh, gotten to... Uh, gotten to retirement age and you've got more life than you have money and uh and you say hey you know what uh, i'm pretty healthy i'm probably gonna live 20 years but i only have about five years worth of cash and uh no one wants to live on what social security gives you i wonder if there's a way to to make my uh make my my financial my financial retirement a little bit more uh stress free a little less uh, tense a little less tight reverse mortgage is your is your tool and it's really a good one regardless of regardless of some of the stuff that people have heard over the years if you're if you're if you're not clear on it you want to find some information eight five five six four zero twenty twenty okay so uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about what else is going on in this country in a rebuke of the president. The Senate voted 59 to 41 on Thursday to reject Trump's national emergency declaration on the US-Mexican border. 12 Republicans joined Democrats in voting to pass the to pass the resolution that says, "Hey, no way. No way this is not a national emergency. We're not letting the president uh, spend money based on a national emergency, which we don't think is a national emergency. And I think what, what they're concerned about well, number one, the Democrats just want to stop anything that Trump wants to do. And the Republicans that are, that are standing against it don't want him to be able to appropriate funds even though that's what a national emergency does. But uh, they don't want him to be able to allocate funds based on a national emergency and the, in essence go around the Congress which is supposed to appropriate funds for everything. So, uh... The uh, the the Democrats who or the Republicans that joined with the Democrats no surprise Lamar Alexander of Tennessee these are all these are all familiar people that typically sway both ways Roy Blunt of Missouri Susan Collins of Maine Lisa Murkowski of Alaska Mike Lee of Utah Mitt Romney of Utah Jerry Moran of Kansas Rand Paul of Kentucky Rob Portman of Ohio Marco Rubio of Florida Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania and Roger Wicker of Mississippi. I hate to talk smack on the Republicans but you know what you know why we're here is cuz you Republicans you had you had full control of everything for 2 years but you couldn't get your act together together. You couldn't say hey there're certain things that we have to accomplish to push the president's agenda and even if you don't like the president the president's agenda is pro America. This stuff needs to happen nobody disagrees with that. You know if in order to do that we need to seize the moment while we have control. I think maybe they need to take a field trip. Uh, all the Republicans in Congress and Senate they need to take a field trip to New York to New York City to uh, um, Carnegie Hall, and maybe get and maybe do some rehearsals with the Rockettes, so they can figure out how to get their how to get get in step with each other because they just can't seem to get it together, as opposed to the Democrats who have a huddle every week. Because you can hear, if you listen to the news clips, you can hear their, their, uh, their every week or every two weeks, they have a new, they have a new tagline that they're using, that they're all using the same stuff. So no matter what congressman or senator that you hear that's a Democrat, you'll hear the same lines come out of their mouth. And that just doesn't happen coincidence. That doesn't happen coincidence. So, um, the president responded to the Senate's rejecting his national emergency and he tweeted out one word veto. I wonder if that was, I wonder if he was saying Beto and he misspelled it. Nah, I think he was vetoing. He's going to veto this thing. So the president can't sign an executive order to protect our country's borders, but our governor can sign one to keep murderers alive on taxpayers' dime. Gavin Newsom, our governor who didn't even campaign in California, um, just basically said hey you know people in california don't vote very smart they don't really pay attention and i'm better looking than john cox and uh so they're going to vote for me uh gavin newsom signed an executive order this week that places a moratorium on the death penalty in california meaning that 737 death row in death row inmates will no longer be faced with execution day for now and you know while we're before i go any further 737 death row inmates. I'm going to give credit to my wife for this one. She goes, do you think it's any coincidence? 737 death row inmates got put on moratorium on execution. Just about the same time that president Trump grounded all the seven hundred thirty sevens. I don't know. Just a coincidence. Anyway, I just thought I'd, uh, I just thought I'd, We'll give you some more stuff to ponder. So citing a National Academy of Sciences report estimating that one out of every 25 people on death row is innocent. National Academy of Sciences report estimating that one out of every... What does the National Academy of Sciences know about who's innocent on death row? Shouldn't it be the National Academy of Legal Scholars or something? Nope, National Academy of Sciences. Same people that probably are supporting uh, uh, global warming. So uh, one out of every 25 people on death row are innocent. Newsom said he could not live with the odds of possibly putting an innocent person to death. I cannot sign off on executing hundreds and hundreds of human beings, knowing, knowing that among them will be innocent human beings. I believe the death penalty is wrong, and I'm exercising my right, pursuant to the voters, the will of voters and the Constitution,
4: to no, do no, that no. Right.
2: Hmm. Let me ponder this pursuant to the will of the voters. I think we had a moratorium on uh death penalty back in the late sixties, early seventies. And I don't think we executed someone from like, uh, early seventies till 1992 or something like that. And, uh, then it went to the will of the voters and the California voters said, we want the death penalty. We want to put people to death when they, when they do a crime that's, that's uh, in line with the death penalty. Charles Manson got, got, uh, let to live the rest of his life out because of that. You know, some, some pretty, ugl- some pretty ugly, uh, vicious murderers that, you know, they don't just give the death penalty. Everybody, They you know, you have to do something pretty gnarly to the, pretty ugly to do that. Um, so I guess it is if the will of voters is, we really don't care who's the governor. Um, we don't really care who's governor. You know, Newsom is taller than Cox and, and he's better looking, plus he's Nancy Pelosi's nephew, so ah, we're going to vote for him. Does that trump everything else that we that we voted for? Hey, we said we wanted the death penalty, but see pursuant to the will of the voters, so I guess if we if the voters elected Gavin Newsom, that means we want him to control everything that we've ever voted for. I don't get it. I don't see where that's pursuant to the will of the voters and i don't really see hey we're gonna go ahead and leave these people alive and we're gonna just pay to keep them alive even though they didn't give the same uh benefit to the people they killed and uh here's another piece of hypocrisy wait a minute we can't put people to death who a peer a jury of their peers convicted and they've been sentenced to because they committed a a uh, a crime that resulted in the death of somebody but it's okay for late term abortions to happen where we kill an innocent child who's actually alive in the in the delivery room and a late term abortion and is breathing on their own but it's okay cuz if the mom and the doctor decide they should kill it they kill it i don't know i don't know just some more things to ponder i'm trying to make you think cuz that's what i do i watch i watch what's going on and i just go what sense does this make So anyway, just give me some food for thought. So let's talk about a college admission scam that everybody's talking about. Um, So by now, you've heard that the largest college admission scam ever, prosecuted by the Department of Justice, the one where 50 people were charged in a brazen scheme to secure spots at Yale, Stanford, USC, Georgetown, and other big-name schools by lying about their kids and bribing college officials. Um, This is not something new. This is not something new, really. Um, it's just got a little different term. Here's a little clip from uh, Orange County.
6: Clearly, you're not an expert on negotiations, so let me just walk you through this. You come in with a proposal that's over the top. You want a new gymnasium, $40 million. Then I counter with a low-ball offer, like uh, $2,000 for a medicine ball. That is absurd and defensive. What? It's offensive, sir. Stanford University doesn't have a No, 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 no. You no. already have a medicine ball. No, you're not no, hearing me. No, sir, I believe not hearing You're me. not hearing me.
2: So if you haven't seen that movie, it's uh you know uh the kid gets uh doesn't get into Stanford because they send the wrong transcripts. And his rich dad is trying to get him in to overcome that. And uh so it's uh it's it's a comedy, so it's don't take anything too seriously. So uh so who's charging this scandal? Uh, for the, uh, so here's, here's the, here's the questions about this. Who is, who is involved? The ringleader is a guy named Bill Singer, William Singer. He's 59 years old. He's a businessman from Newport beach. He had a college prep preparatory business called edge college and career network. And it had a so-called charity arm, the key worldwide foundation. Pay attention folks. Cause this is uh this is going to get into some politics and, and some, uh, some, some weird laws and stuff and you might not you'll miss it if you're not paying attention. So 33 parents, many of them high profile, the names most of most people know are actresses Lori Laughlin of Full House, which I don't watch, and Felicity Huffman of Desperate Housewives, which I don't watch. Um but I do know that Felicity Huffman is married to William H. Macy, um the guy uh, you know uh uh, Lindegard, uh Mr. Lindegaard in uh in uh in uh, Fargo and uh he's he's actually a pretty good actor he's in a ton of movies that I've seen and uh but apparently him and his wife uh been messing with things cuz they got money there uh, and there's business executives and other wealthy parents also being charged college athletic coaches coaches accepted millions of dollars to admit undeserving students to their colleges by suggesting they were top athletes when most of most of the kids never played the sport they were involved and and it, and it just makes me think because there's a ton of movies that I picked from this from this. Hey, you know, people trying to get into college and all the funny stuff that's going on. Ton of them. You know, it goes to show how college sports sports programs get the money to to and the funds to do stuff like this. Here's a clip from the movie Blue Chips. Coach,
6: yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to ask this question or I wouldn't be doing my job. Would you care to comment on the rumor that you uh, arranged for an automobile to be purchased for Neon Vadeau? For Christ's sake, it wasn't an automobile. I mean, it was a fully loaded
0: Lexus.
6: (laughs) The damn car had everything. It it had everything, didn't it, Happy? I mean, that car was fully loaded, wasn't it? I mean, and I I think, personally, that it would have been a hell of a deal. A a good price. I mean, uh... I mean, what did Neon do tonight? Does anybody know uh, how many boards did Neon have tonight? Thirteen. Thirteen? Thirteen boards? Well, there you are. It would have been a hell of a deal. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Neon would have done if we had tried to give him a Ferrari? I mean, for Christ's sake, he he might have scored forty or fifty points. I mean, who knows? Who knows what he would have done for a Ferrari? When there's some of the other kids, what'd we give them? What cars? Tractors? Give a kid a tractor? Another kid, we gave a house. Didn't we give him a house? You know, bags of cash. I don't know what we gave these kids. You know, they asked for things. We gave it to them. I mean, you guys asked me to win, and I gave that to you, right? Because this ain't about education. It ain't much about winning, and it sure as hell ain't much about basketball. It's about money. Just damn money.
2: It's kind of the the whole story of college universities. You want to see the price of college go down? Get rid of guaranteed student loans because as soon as, as soon as guaranteed student loans became became available for anybody who anybody who enrolls in college every homeless person out there goes and enrolls in college gets a student loan and then never shows up to class and you know what you don't have to pay them back until you graduate since since you're never going to graduate can you see why can you see why our country's in a, a little economic challenge here can you see why some of this stuff doesn't make sense and now we want now the democrats are pushing us towards socialism well we should have free college for everybody we should have free uh we should have free money for everybody we should have uh everybody gets 2 weeks vacation and nobody has to pay taxes unless you're a gazillionaire i don't know I don't know. So uh, the scam operated by choosing one of two paths: falsifying students' test scores or fabricating their athletic status. If parents paid for test scores, they would pay anywhere from fifteen thousand to seventy-five thousand to get a learning disability waiver, so they could sit. So they could sit in a room with a proctor who was in on the scheme, and would take the SAT, which is a scholastic aptitude test. For those of you that don't remember that test you took in when you're a senior in high school to see if you can get into a college, um, you had the ACT and the SAT. Um so academic, I don't remember what ACT stands for. Um, but the SAT scholastic aptitude test. Would you take that? Uh so so the proctor who's in on the scheme and they would take the SAT for them or guide them to the right answers. In cases where the proctor would review and correct the students' answers, prosecutors say kids did not know what was happening. Wait, they're sitting in a room taking a test with a proctor who's steering them towards the right answers and they didn't know what was happening? How dumb do those kids have to be? And they still got them into college. If parents opted to go to the route of making their kids fake athletes, additional money was paid to the coaches and administrators. In some cases, students' faces faces were actually photoshopped onto athlete, athletes' bodies as proof of sports achievement. Once the kids were in school and started, they would fake an injury to get out of playing or simply quit the team. Many of the students were girls and the scam usually involved bribing the coaches of low profile sports like rowing, water polo, soccer and tennis. Hmm, I played water polo in high school. I didn't think it was low, uh, I didn't think it was low profile. Oh yeah, for girls I guess. All right, so but I don't know what the girls water polo team had to say about that. But anyway, we I digress. So the best part Parents not only got their spoiled kids into school fraudulently, but they also got big tax breaks for doing so. Their payments to Singer's company were disguised as donations to, to his charity, then funneled to universities, allowing the parents to claim the tax deductions. Let's just take a break here, folks. Let's talk about that. There, that's tax fraud. For those of you people that are anti-Trumpers, that you're you're pointing out that how uh, Paul Manafort just got. Uh, did, how much did he get? He got 47 months for one case and like 10 years for the other case. Or it was a total of 10 years. I don't know. So Paul Manafort, who uh, is proof that there was Russian collusion, except for he got uh, convicted of cheating on his taxes for 2010, 11, 12, 13, and 14 for five years before Trump even thought about running for president. Had not, not a not a thing to do with Trump or Russian collusion. He's going to jail for cheating on his taxes, hiding money and cheating on his taxes. What's the difference between these people? Nothing. Not a thing. For those of you liberals who are out there that say rich Republicans do this kind of thing to get their kids into college, the response from the U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling is saying, no, this is not the same thing as wealthy parents making legal donations. Here he is from the press conference. The parents
0: charged today, despite already being able... To give their children every legitimate advantage in the college admissions game, instead chose to corrupt and illegally manipulate the system for their benefit. We're not talking about donating a building so that a school's more likely to take your son or daughter. We're talking about deception and fraud fake test scores, fake athletic credentials, fake photographs, bribed college officials.
2: Yep. That's what it means. It's uh, not the same thing. So it's not the same thing as the scene from Orange County, where hey, I'm gonna donate my, I'm gonna donate a building. You want a big gymnasium for forty million dollars, and I counter with a two thousand dollar medicine ball. Now we do that, or the scene from the beginning of the show and Back to School. Hey, I'm donating a big building. You know that was a really big check to get him into into uh, whatever university that was. So uh, it's not really the same thing. This is not just not just bribery. This is fraud. This is fraud. So Lori Laughlin's daughter, Olivia Jade, was one of the kids who benefited with her parents paying Singer $500,000 to get her recruited by USC rowing team when she never picked up an aura in her life. She doesn't know anything about rowing or or rowing, being on the rowing team. She doesn't have any of that stuff. It was also reported the girl was actually in Fiji the week classes started at USC. And by the way, she still hasn't been formally expelled. USC, folks. Here's what she said on YouTube. Last year, after miraculously getting into college
3: I don't know how much of school I'm going to attend, but I'm going to go in and talk to my deans and everyone and hope that I can try and balance it all. Um, but I do want the experience of like game days partying I don't really care about school as you guys all know
2: ah <laughs> uh, duh, duh, so uh you know, I know I don't really care about school as as you guys well know, you know what parents, don't send your kids to college, put them in the military. Do something, make them, make them go to community college. Don't waste your money on, on putting, putting, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, send them to university when they don't even know what they want to do. Well, they're going to go for a business degree. What do you really want to do? Well, I I don't know, but business degrees kind of a a broad, broad thing. You know what? We're not, you know, back in the sixties, Back in the '60s, we were in the probably in the '50s, the '60s. We used to be in the industrial age, and uh, I was born in '61, so I know that. Hey, my parents told me, hey, if you want to get ahead in life, you have to have a college degree, and at that time, that probably was that probably was partially true, um, you know. And uh, you know, because if you wanted to get a job at Hughes Aircraft or Rockwell or Northrop or Boeing or McDonnell Douglas, uh, you know, you got to be an engineer, and engineers made good money. And I was good at math and uh, not very good at physics, um, as I told the story a couple weeks ago. But um, but uh, that's what you had to do is go to college, because if you didn't have that education, if you didn't have that knowledge, you couldn't get in. Okay. Now today we're not in the industrial age anymore. Hopefully we're going back to the industrial age, but we're in the information age. Everything's available to you. All you got to do is ask Siri. Hey Siri, how do I make a how do I make a uh, how do I create fusion? And she'll tell you. She'll go on to Google or, or uh, Yahoo or whatever search engine that she's pulling off of. I know it's Google now, but um, she'll pull off and it'll just pop up on your phone. You don't even need to know how to work Google. You just got to talk to Siri or Alexa for those of you guys that have the little uh, uh, things inside your house. Hey, Alexa, you no, know, uh, who played uh, Inagata DeVita? You know, anything you ask them that's there. Why do you need a college degree? College degrees used to be, hey, you go to school so you can learn how to think. You know, in high school, you learned how to, you learned some good, uh, some good uh, uh, study habits and you learned all this stuff. And then you went to college, which, which was an extension. And you picked your, 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 your subject that you were going to do <clears throat> of, uh, of study based on where you wanted to go. Most of these kids don't know what they want to do when they get out. That's why I say, hey, you know what, let, let the draft start and let people serve two years in the Peace Corps or the military or something and get away from mommy and daddy where they have to make their bed every day and they have to follow some authority and they have to do something, see some of the world and actually get them in a place where we don't have to just, hey, you know, how are we going to pay for that? It's better than paying for student loans. All they're doing is going and partying. Then in Friday's uh, Friday's newspaper, now there's a huge class action suit going against Stanford and uh, Georgetown and USC and uh, another big university that I can't think of right off the top of my head um, that these students are, are suing because they were denied access to the university while these other people that weren't qualified, hey, we passed our SAT and we did this and we did that, but we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't. Uh, we didn't get admitted because I'm assuming there's a finite amount of spots and Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin came in and bribed somebody to get their kids in who's not even going to school, which I'm not sure why that makes any sense. So anyway, food for thought, folks. Food for thought, folks. Hey, I watched a movie the other night that I haven't watched in a long time called uh, Last Ounce of Courage. There's a little scene in it that I want to play as I go off, as I'm running out of time. I want to play this to end the show. This country was founded by
5: freedom fighters. Men and women who love their country and their creator. 400 years ago, our forefathers left the religious oppression of another land to build this one. And the first thing they did, the first thing they did was to put a cross on the shores of the Atlantic. But it was more than a cross. It was a symbol that in this land, A citizen has the freedom to worship as he or she desires, or the freedom not to worship at all. My fight isn't about colored lights or a tree on the city square. My fight is about freedom and taking back what has been stolen from us. We are losing freedoms one by one that our forefathers, our brothers in arms, and my son died for. It is time we stood up for what they died for, for what we believe in. Our rights are being destroyed perhaps forever, but don't you see, we're letting it happen. We're asleep. We sleep and they come in like a thief in the night and they take what's left. Wake up. We can't sleep anymore. Wake up and look around you. Look what's coming over the horizon. We can't let the enemy take one more inch, not one more inch. We can't be silent anymore. The silence has to stop, and it has to stop today. Young men and women are dying in foreign lands to preserve the freedoms that we enjoy every single day. Can you hear them? Just listen. It's their voices from the grave. They're wondering if they died in vain. Do we dare diminish their sacrifice by our silence? Well, if your answer is no, then you think about this. When history is written, will history say you stood by and you did nothing? Or will history say that you fought? You fought like those brave souls. You fought to preserve the memory of the young men and women that have given everything for this country and for you. We fight for freedom. We fight for freedom. We fight for freedom.
2: We fight for freedom, folks. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Keep your brain working and think about what's going on. I'm not going to let it bother me tonight, but I'm not going to close my eyes either. Hey, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week.
0: Finding yes and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of the Tale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01137747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. SMB number 0937346.